We always start with a capital Tehillim. Lamanatseyakmizmardodavid,Yanukha <laughs> Ato yodati ki hoishia adinoi meshichoi, ya neyu mishmei kochoi, begvurois yeisha yeminoi. Elevonecha veelevasusim vanachnu beshem adinoi eleheinu naskir. Hei mo korovino folu vanachnu kamnu vanesoidod. Adinoi hoishia amalech ya neyu veyoim koreinu. Okay. So it's the Hashgacha protest that the parshias that we are living with, mm-hmm. mamish, week after week, are very, mamish, are very connected to the current events. And especially that when people witness something that's happening that's completely beyond your control, and everyone has an opinion now, we're doing the right thing, we're not doing the right thing, it leaves many people frustrated especially people that are saying that this is good or that's bad, the bad part, if there is a bad part. And, and the way to respond to that is, number one, I think it's important for people to acknowledge that we have so little information. We have so little information as to the reality of what is. We don't know. And at the same time, Acknowledging that we have our battles that we need to fight, which is completely in our power. And when the Jewish people collectively are at war, then our, this is the moment when we have to make greater effort to fight our battles. Every person has their personal battles, but everyone's personal battle has certain underpinnings that are very similar. And Ashreinu, that we are Chabad Hasidim, and we have certain ideas that are unbelievable, that Hasidus speaks about these inner struggles and the way to overcome them, the way to be victorious. And I want to share such a maimir. I mean, the story itself is, is Gavaldic. The story of Yaakov Avinu going towards his father, With, with, a whole, with a whole family, many people here moved. Moving is very fun when you're very young. Yaakov wasn't that young. I don't know if it was fun for him. And it was a big deal. He had a big family. He had a lot of things, which is very nice. It's nice to be wealthy. But marba nochasim, marba da'oga, marba daiga, however you pronounce it. When you move, when you just got married, that's one move. When you move with a whole mishpacha, with many bedrooms and stuff. And he was transporting with his moving company all of his items until he came to a point in which there were very small 
pachim. This is so significant that was left behind. If a person's measuring stick of what is of value is gashmi only, we all experienced when it comes to a move that the thing, if you're only looking at its value, is so invaluable, or why pay the movers, make the cheshbon, it's going to cost you $400 to move this, it costs 50 buy a new one. Like there's a certain way of, if the only measuring stick is financial value, certain things are left behind when people move. There's a, right, decluttering, that's a common uh, thing here in LA, decluttering is gewaldic. However, from the other perspective, and that's a whole different perspective, which is that everything that you own, like you think it, you own it because it's there to serve you, you think your couch is here to give you comfort, it's a two-way street, that everything that you own, everything that I own, is something that I have a responsibility to use that the way God wants this to be used. And that's why you find that by tzaddikim, the Gemara says words that the Goyim repeat without understanding, showing how money hungry we are or how cheap we are, that tzaddikim, they are chasan in in. In real Hebrew, chas, ches, samach means they have a certain empathy. They have an empathy, that means that connection, with their memoinam, with their money. Like they have chasan and nafsham. They care about the money the way they care about their soul. Your money or your life, let me think about it. So it sounds like, oh my God, they're so into money. No, it means that they are here for a purpose and everything that they own is theirs for a reason. That, that specific thing. And when we use it, I'll say better, when we are living a, a, a Jewish life, the very fact that it enhances our life, it gives it an elevation. We give value to it. And they don't give up their things at all. So these small pachim were significant for Yaakov. If he would leave it on the road, then who would find it? Stam someone who would use it for who knows what. He was using it for something holy. So he made an effort. He made a big effort. And it was much bigger than he thought. He went to get it across the river. He was alone. And the Torah, which very rarely speaks about the metaphysical, very rare in the Torah. The Torah doesn't even speak about the world to come. Do you know that? The Torah doesn't speak about life after death. The Torah says that ish that there was an ish. I know the word ish is a man, but the Rashi says this ish was the malach of Esav. The word avak, avak means dust. There are two types of wars. There's a war from the distance. You press a button here and something happens there, and then you have wrestling, hand-to-hand combat. It's, it's a much more difficult battle. And when you, when you wrestle with someone, on the ground, if you're really fighting, not only are you guys schwitzing it out, but the ground itself gets involved. The dust begins to come up. There was a man and Yaakov that they were dusting off each other. They were mamish, they were wrestling with each other. Until it was light. Almost the pshat is that there are certain battles that we have with darkness. 
that are very personal, which means they are inner battles. And then Rashi adds that that Ish was the Sar of Esav. The master of, the spiritual counterpart of Esav. Who won that battle? Who knows the story? Who won that struggle? Yaakov. Karov Lidiyuk. But he asked him to give him a blessing. I know that, but when you read the story, no one let go of of the other. There wasn't a definitive win, but the sun, the rising of the sun won the battle. Light that comes from God won the battle. The fact that Yaakov managed to hold his ground for a human being, that's called winning the battle. That is a big base to the, to the Alter Rebbe's approach that many battles are battles in which we were not meant to win. Or if the de- definition of winning is, I have no more enemy, that's not where we're going to end up on our own. The winning of the battle means that I can hold my ground, which is all of us. Whatever the inner demon is, we struggle with it. We win today, tomorrow the same demon comes back. And the next day it comes back. And, and unless a person is destined to be at tzaddik, which are very few people, this is a big part of life. Right? Like, the purpose is the journey, not the destination. So you see a person jogging, and you're going in the same direction, until I give you a lift. We'll get there quicker. No, his goal is not to get there. The goal is, to, is the schwitzing of going there. At the end, God is going to bring light, and the light will get rid of that, that demon. But his winning meant that he managed to hold his ground. Almost. Even Yaakov. What happened was, is that that Malach, he hit him in his thigh, and without a miracle, Yaakov would have had a limp for the rest of his life. It was a real, he really got hurt. Think about the struggles that we're going through right now. We're getting hurt, holding our ground. Okay. Now, it, it just as a preface to a question, I want to share a few Hasidic stories. I'm sure you heard them. These stories are awesome because they were written by the previous Rebbe. The previous Rebbe, when he was young, he went to a village called Dob Ramsil. I don't know where that is. That's either in Russia or in Ukraine. And he met an ancient person. He called him ancient. You know, you have a, Simon became a Baba, a Mazel Tov. Then you have in Yiddish, you have what you call an Elte Baba. Don't use that. I tried that with my grandmother. She was so insulted. Elte. In English, it's good. It's a grand or great. Great grandmother is not an insult. Uh, old Baba, right, in Yiddish, it doesn't sound good to some people. And some people, it depends, yeah. My grandmother didn't mind. Didn't mind. Uh, my grandmother, you bothered her. My son called Elte Baba. Elte Baba, yeah. Loved it. Okay. And then you have, then you have ancient. When you call a person, you, you're, I think you're ancient. Yashish. 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 How do you say Yashish in English? I think uh, ancient. Yashish and Kashish is the same? No. Uh, huh? What are you laughing? I think one of them is nice Very young. the other. Huh? Yashish and Kashish, one of them is nice and Anyways, there was, Yashish in Hebrew is someone who's very old. That means the Friedrich Rebbe was a young, he was probably in his teens. He met a man. This guy worked in the house of the Alter Rebbe. He had this chus. I don't know, we're speaking about, let's say, in 1890. To meet a person, the Alter Rebbe passed away in 1812, 1813. He met a man probably 100 years old. In those days, it was unheard of. And the people that live 100, they don't even look that old. It's amazing to me. That person looked like he was 900 years old. He called him the, he was an old man. This old man 
when he worked in the house of the Alter Rebbe, whenever he found something that the Alter Rebbe wrote that he thought is good to know, he copied it. So what he did over the years is that every time he found a handwritten story by the Alter Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe wrote the story, he copied it, and he had one big paper. So this is how authentic this, and the Friedrich Rebbe copied the whole paper. Stories that he copied from the Yashish that copied it from the Ksav Yad Kodesh of the Alter Rebbe. And it's a story. So here's the story. The Baal Shem Tev writes, the, the, the story writes that when the Baal Shem Tev was young, he was an orphan. He was orphaned from both of his parents. And he loved wandering off in the forest. I know some people here went to the Alter Rebbe's cave. If you go to the Ukraine in Russia, it's like a village forest. Village forest. A lot of Europe is that way. He didn't like to be amongst people. By nature, he liked to be in the forest. Other people, even nature lovers, were afraid to go in the forest. And the Baal Shem Tev had no fear of being alone, even in areas where there were mamish dangerous animals. He was very comfortable there. And he had his, he had his place. And one time he went to wherever he went normally, and lo and behold, there's a huge estate that was never there before. Didn't make sense, big estate. And he entered the estate, there's mezuzahs on the doors, and everyone there is religious. And he describes the Alter Rebbe that they had big beards and that big yarmulkes and they had shiny eyes and there were men and there were women and there were children with payas. And he was astounded, like, where did this come from? And then he's going from room to room and in one room they're sitting and learning. So he enters that room and he hears Taira that, wow, like from Ganeiden, it captivated him. And at some point they realized that there's a child there. So they, so they looked at the Baal Shem Tev and they told him in Yiddish, Yingala, which means you, child, say, Azav Hashem Esa'aretz. Say that God left this world. Who says that God left this world? Klippa. Klippa doesn't deny that there is a God. To deny God is something that is a chiddish of humanity. You should know that. Napoleon began with that. You know, there's a God, but God is not connected to him. It, it looks like God abandoned us. That was the clip. So say, you say, and when he says, when he heard them asking him to say it, he realized that he's not in a physical place, that he's encountering real demonic forces. But here's a big secret, that they were engarbed like holy people. That will be the whole thing over here. That's where it gets tricky. And... He responded to them, a pasik what says that Yispardu Hashem, may God disperse kol poyali oven, all who are doers of sin. And he says he said those words and everything disappeared and he was back in the forest that he knew. Okay. For, Here you go. So it must be that they both got it from the same place. That Yisparda Hashem Kopayal Yavin is... In other words, we really believe that even, even when it doesn't physically manifest, sometimes it does. Amalek is the physical manifestation of this. But even if it doesn't, that there are certain beings, mamish beings, that if you are worthy, if you're spiritual, you can see them. And they... they even give the appearance of something Jewish, of something holy. But, but they represent a certain belief system that God is not fully here. 
which is, by the way, what we experience when anything terrible happens. That's the way we do. When we use the word something terrible happened, we use the word terrible because it looks like it was a godless action because of how terrible it was. Had God been here, had God been revealed here, God would not allow for that to happen. We'll get back to that in a moment. And I can share so many stories of this nature that there, there are certain what we call kohot haklipa, there are certain powers of tuma, and sometimes we encounter with them, there's a dialogue with them, they're telling us one thing, and we have to have the right response for them to just disappear. Another story. These are stories that maybe even physical manner. This story was written by the previous Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe had a chassid called Shmuel Munkes. Shmuel Munkes was a good role model of a chassid in the context that up until the times of the Alter Rebbe, the more religious you were, the more serious you were. Came together. Look at the pictures of your grandparents in the passport. If they would have smiled, they would have been called retarded. If they would look at us, they would think their grandkids are sugar. Because a person means, I don't know, not angry, super serious. Serious, it's like serious. Regal. Huh? It's like a regal. That's what you say. Very no, nice. You're they giving it a. No. They thought it's regal. <laughs> yeah. In other words, the, the, the seriousness, becheshbon, not joyful, was associated with religion. Most people today who become Balei Tshuva will tell you that the cha- one of the challenges that they have, if they're honest, is that there was a certain type of simcha that one is prone, without an effort, to go against it, to lose the more religious you become. Which is normal, because you have a lot of rules, a lot of regulations. You know, there are many, there are many when a person is davening Shemona Esrei. A chassid can, can smile. That's not, you know, it's unusual, you know. You have to be serious, seriousness. To find a smiling religious Jew was something that you are familiar with because we are so lucky that we are chassidim. It wasn't that way. <clears throat> Shmuel Munkis was the example of a chassid who was very holy and very joyful and even a prankster. Even a prankster. And uh, you're, you're, getting, you're already living on the edge because some people become too much of a prankster and love gets always that great, but it's fantastic, fantastic, especially if you want to make sure that the next generation really stays on board. No doubt a big part of it is the amount of joy we have in our homes in the seriousness of Yiddishkeit. The more you can laugh, the more, that's, 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 that's the way we are now. Shmuel Munkis was, wow, he was, a, he was Mama Shapri, he was a jokester. And everything was light. He took nothing serious. So the Friedrich Rebbe writes that in one of the cities in Ukraine, there were two priests that they started to study the dark arts and they excelled in it. And there came a point where they began to go to the Jewish community and tell them that if you have the MS, then you should be able to stand up to our challenge. They were looking for a duel. You know, the Goyim were looking for it to fight with swords and whoever wins, the other guy died. They were making a Ruchni as duel. And people didn't want to engage with them. Shmuel Munkas heard about it. He felt it's a chilal Hashem not to engage with them. It gives the parents that they have something that we are afraid of. He's not afraid. 
So he stood up to the duel and, and they called the whole city. And Jews came and Goyim came. It was a big thing. And they began the duel by telling him that since we're two and you're one, you go first. He was so confident. He says, no. He says, you guys can go first. I have no fear of you. You have nothing. So they took a cup and they filled it up with water and they both began to recite incantations. And the cup began to bubble and to boil. And then it became putrid and the stench of death came out of the water. That everyone in the crowd smelled the corpse. And they gave him the cup. They told him, drink. Okay, he takes the cup, he picks it up and he makes a bracha very loud. And all the Jews responded, Amen. And he drank it. And they're waiting for him to die. They're waiting for, you know, for something terrible to happen to him. And nothing. Everything is good. And as a few seconds go by and they see that nothing happened to him, they were overcome with fear. Because according to what they understood, only someone that has even more power than them can somehow take that in. So they, they became afraid. And then it was his turn. Now he didn't know any kishu, he didn't know black magic, white magic. No, what he knew is that Hasidim, on special occasions, we drink a lot of mashkin. And then you have normal mashka, and then you have what we call 96 proof. 96 proof is illegal in America. The vodka that you buy, I think, is 40% alcohol, I think, or 45, whether it's vodka, whether it's whiskey, there was something called 96% alcohol. And if you're, not, if you're not used to drinking it, it's worse than poison. It can make you blind. It, it can kill you. The story was is that he asked for two cups, big cups, and he asked for, for the base medrash, go bring me the zecht. And I, he filled up the cups and he told them, drink. They drank it and they died. That's the story. One second. Now, he would go to the Alter Rebbe every Rosh Hashanah. He would go back home. He didn't live that far. And then he would go back for Yom Kippur. So the story is, is that when he went there for Rosh Hashanah, when he's getting close to the Alter Rebbe's home, he started to feel something very not good. And he understood this was that water. So he was afraid. He got he was overcome with fear. So he ran into the Alter Rebbe's house, and when he got there, he fainted. And the Alter Rebbe revived him. And the Alter Rebbe told him that Shmuel, you should never do this again. And had I not answered Amen to your bracha, you would have been a goner. Well, drinking the water. Yeah, Alter Rebbe heard his bracha and answered Amen. And then the story continues. Look at the, the detail that he went back home. And he felt better. But when he came back to Yom Kippur, he was greeted by, a, by a, a cloud of black birds. And they surrounded him. And they were not allowing him to enter the city. And the Alter Rebbe sensed that. And he said in Yiddish that Shmuel is trying to reach, but he cannot reach. Go help. Help him. And two Hasidim ran out and they found him in this big cloud of dark birds and they schlepped him out. And when they schlepped him out, he was very angry at them. And he told him, you shouldn't have gone, pick me up. I needed to fight this on my own. <laughs> and, and the story ends, the Friedrich Rebbe writes, and that was the year that the Alter Rebbe was arrested. We're coming up to Yutas Kislev. This happened, Yom Kippur, the Alter Rebbe was arrested after Simchas Torah. When the Rebbe heard the story from the Friedrich Rebbe, he asked him, what's the connection? What do you mean, that was the year that the Alter Rebbe was arrested? And the Friedrich Rebbe told the Rebbe writes this. My, that the Rebbe told me, I don't know. But that's the way we have the story. And there is a connection. In other words, somehow the Alter Rebbe's involvement in saving him made him vulnerable and they chapped him. They arrested him. 
So and and So you have we have these demonic dark forces, and the big question is, how can that even be? Do we not believe Hashem Echad? Hashem Echad doesn't only mean that there aren't two gods. Hashem Echad means that there is nothing other than God. So if everything is God, what do you mean dark forces? It's all God's forces. A simple question. It's good to have the words for the answer. Everyone knows the answer, but try. How would you answer this? They work for Hashem. So why are they dark? Why are we even calling them dark? So we can see the light. They make us sin. Okay. So here, here, okay, first of all, yes. This this, this is the the classic words of Kabbalah, and the Al-Tadabah writes a whole mime, and and you think about it, this is so personal. It's it's, it's gewaldic. It's good to know this. God wanted us to have freedom. To choose, there has to be the possibility of going against the will of God. For that to happen, there has to be places, I don't mean physical places only, emotional places, mental places, there has to be places where God is not obvious. Mm-hmm. How, how is that even possible? To increase our enuna. No, no, how is it possible? Like, what does God need to do for him not to be obvious? He has to be hidden. The way God hides himself, these are the words, we hear the word klipa. So there's some shell that God created, some power to conceal God. He's there. He's there. But you can't see him. The amount of klipa that God made in the beginning prior to Adam and Chava's sin was exactly the way God would have preferred for it to be. <clears throat> Meaning, God is not revealed, but God is not that concealed. Allowing the person the freedom of doing the right thing without it being extraordinarily difficult to do the right thing. Because the klippe isn't empowered. When a person indulges in the klippe, we give the klippe more vitality. We empower the klippe. When a person does what God told us not to do, we give life force. The klippe becomes stronger. The concealment becomes greater. And now, doing the right thing becomes more difficult. So when people ask, why is it so hard for me in that area to get it right? It's not fear. Many people have that time. It's not fair. Like go to the extreme. A person is addicted to something that they should not be addicted to, which is really no, to nothing. That, that thing has such a grip on the person. That was not the original plan of God. God's original plan is not that we should be so gripped or there should be such a darkness. Klippa was created in a certain measure, bidiyuk, not too much, not too little. Klippa somehow gets empowered. And the general words are is that we give it energy. But let me now share with you these words of the Alter Rebbe. Klippa is a thing, it becomes a thing. Let me use my own example of uh, a fungus or, or you have a virus. How do they work? They, 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 they latch themselves on to a place where there is life or nutrients or something that they need. And they more they, the more they eat up from it, the more they become. 
but the, the, the ill, the more ill the host becomes. They're multiplying, they're becoming koyach, they're taking their, their parasites. They're parasiting off something healthy, and it's either or. So the more it's, this, get, this gets empowered, that gets weakened. Says the Alter Rebbe, there are two, and Klip is more or less the same thing. So they know where the light is. They are attracted to Kedusha. That's why things that are holy are more susceptible to becoming impure. Things that don't have Kedusha never become impure. The only living being that can become Tomei is a Jew by Torah law. Even a non-Jew cannot become Tomei from the Torah law. Because the non-Jew doesn't have a Jewish neshama. No, it's the more life force, the more these impure forces, they come to it. They are attracted to it. Many people told me that when they went to yeshiva, they were struggling with certain things only in yeshiva. When they went to the world, that struggle wasn't so big. Because dafka, that's the way it works. The holier you become, the more you will have to fight with demons. Fighting with real demons should be an indication to you that you're getting somewhere, that you, that you tapped into something very holy. The Rebbe told this to many people, who after they became from, they thought they only became aware of. They had certain inner challenges that they did not have before, and they, it, it wasn't fear. It wasn't fear because when they were not keeping Shabbos, they were not keeping kosher, things were more or less easy. The inner was easy. When they started to become more observant, the inner person was more challenged. And the Rebbe told him, exactly, that's a badge of, that's a compliment from God. Whether we like it or not, that's the way the system works. So if a person disconnects themselves from Kedusha, dead things don't, don't have viruses. A corpse doesn't have a virus. The virus dies with a person. Only life, so like this. When there is life, this is the Chachma. There is something called, you're so healthy, you have infinite life, if that would be, Klipa can latch onto you and you won't even get sick and you won't even fight it off. It's going to take from you. You won't even know that. Mm. Or Klipa latches on to a person who is almost perfectly healthy because when the person is perfectly healthy, your health fights off these viruses. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the ways that people heal themselves is not by attacking the viruses, by adding Koyach in the person. When the person is very healthy, two people can, be, can have the same exposure. One got sick, one didn't get sick. The one who got sick was weak before. So there is, we're speaking about Esav's Malach. We're speaking about impure forces, Klipa. Either it can latch on, it wants to circumvent, it wants to go to your highest level, and it's going to be parasiting off you, and you won't even know it. It's like if a person is very, very wealthy, people around them can steal from them sometimes, and they won't even know that. No, no. If a person is weakened, they go to the top of the barrel or to the bottom of the barrel. And the way we counter that, let me go back to my example of someone who is very wealthy. Even when you guys become very, very wealthy, it's important 
to be mesudar, to be organized, seder. Seder versus chaos contains even infinity. And you're infinitely wealthy, lomashal, but you're mesudar. This goes for this, this goes for that, the other one stays over there. No, then you'll be aware of people have others parasiting of them because they are disorganized. On the other hand, don't become overly stingy. When you make a seder, you can become rigid. Rigid is a weakness. And whenever there's rigidness, that also opens up the possibility for these kochot to latch onto the person. And you should know that observance, on one hand, it puts a big seder in our lives. There's a seder. Everything has a seder. There's a weekday, there's Shabbos, and there's cycles of this and cycles of that. And everything has a seder. Everything, everything is contained. You have a meal, you have a bracha before, you have a bracha after. Everything is musudr. What that does is that it doesn't allow Esau to latch on to the infinity that you have. When people are in the mode of how many times did you see that happening? That Dafke during the joy of uh, infinity or Purim, something horrible happened because it was, it was too much. It was out of control. Out of control. It was out of control in a good way. There was super joy. Super joy is a vulnerable moment and too little joy is a vulnerable moment. Esau was trying to latch on to Yaakov on the top, he was trying to latch on to Yaakov in the bottom, and Yaakov represents the power of staying organized and not rigid. Being religious and not being overly serious, having simcha. Will it mean that the simcha is contained? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a certain type of hefker simcha that you're not gonna find, but that's not good. That opens up terrible things. Potentially. And the lack of it, the weakness of man, is also where Klippa latches onto. The Alter Rebbe says further that just like Klippa wants the parasite of Kedusha, there is the other side of the story. These are very deep ideas. And the other side of the story is, is that when you encounter Klippa, instead of you only being on the defensive, not wanting for some power to take yours. Don't invest your power in something else. Right? That's what happens when I, when I drink and I, I decide to like alcohol, I'm, I'm giving it power. I gave it the power. First drink wasn't so powerful. The 10th drink, I cannot stop. It's, it's, it took my koyach, it took my excitement, it took my power. I should try to take the spark from Klippa. Klippa also is godly. There was something there. That's called the wrestling. You know, when the, when the Alter Rebbe writes that, that, I think the Maggid says that from a thief, we learn 10 things. Never to give up. The Ganef never gives up. They try to break into your house. They try to, and I forgot all the 10. It was very funny because it's so emis. And in other words, there, there, there has to be some good in everything. And when we encounter, when we are having a battle with, so it's not just the mindset, oh, I have to put myself in a good place. I have to be up, I can't be down, I can't be in sugar, 
can't be weak, I have to be joyful, I have to be organized, and everything is good, and no one has the very, it's good and fine. It's much more than that, is that you now, me, uh, we have the responsibility to understand where the opposition, what is the opposition, who is the opposition, and there has to be some spark that we have to take from it. Because everything's from Hashem. Huh? Because everything's from Hashem. Because everything is from Hashem. Can you give an example of that? Because I'm trying to understand it visually, whatever, concretely. Okay, e- even the simple examples that Al-Tarebbe gives, he doesn't personalize it, but this should be personalized. Mm-hmm. Like when a person in the past in, got engaged in some sinful behavior. Now they're doing classic tshuva. I did that, I, did, I didn't do the other, and now I'm doing tshuva. So what happens is, is that the, the, that behavior, which I can't change the past, but when I look at the past and I see where I was and I have a deeper understanding of I never want to be there again, that will motivate me to make certain modifications that perhaps I otherwise would not have made. So I'm using something unholy, I'm taking something from it, mm-hmm. minimally, I'm using it as a motivation of, I put my hand in fire and now it hurts, so putting the hand in fire is not good behavior. I'm using the pain as a deep imprint in my psyche that I will never put my hand in fire again because I don't want to get this pain of burnt. That's a very external muscle and people have to spend time, I think, thinking. I don't think these things are simple. I think this struggle with the demon of Esau is so amazing. I think we are doing it the whole time. We're just not aware of what we're doing. Like mamish, like there's the outer. I'm not talking about behavior. Behavior is very external. I'm talking about what the heck is going on. People are not even paying attention. And what's going on is, a, is, a, is a, this wrestling match. So, Baba, could it be that because the Hamas came after us, their, their trusty and everything that you did created that unity. Is that a good example? I would say much better. I, I may tell you something that I that I that I find because incredible. We from that an amazing unity that we never had ever in history. From that uh, from that terrible. You know they coming after us. They're slaughtering. The, but that's it's almost like we took that from them. I will tell you, first of all, yeah, about the, the, this and this no, and this. I, I, I think that what, what they did that no one has done in history, in history was the amount of underground tunneling that they made. There's, there's 300 miles underground. They made more than the New York subway system. Multi-layers. Some of them have one size. Some of them you can drive a truck through. They did all that for evil, of course, obviously. But you think about that. In other words, there is, when we say don't brush things under the rug. Mm-hmm. So when we are younger, when, you, when a person is younger, they're more focused on the external. That's the way it works. And, and everything externally has to be whatever you think okay means. And you have to work for that. Becheshben, always becheshben, that there's a lot of stuff underneath and going under, going deep, living, living, living uh, under. And Bakhlal, the whole, like, 
I was speaking Shabbos, like when people are younger. So it's very, it's immature. Immature meaning, now that I think I get this, so now I look back. When people, God made a day of day and night. A day doesn't mean only daylight. Just like, just like, and, and who, many people had this experience. We're living, we live in a big city. If you ever went camping, if you ever went to a place, and you had the good fortune, just even for one second, to look up to the heavens, you realize at that moment that there's a whole part of life that you're missing out on, which is sad. And as beautiful as the sun is, which is beautiful, and here in LA and the trees and the beach, whatever you like of the Gashmi's Dika world, there is something that's happening every single night that you're missing. You're missing out on the darkness. It's magical. It's mystical. It's like, wow, if you would see what's really going on, if you see three dots in the heavens, it doesn't do anything to you. No, there's a whole... So when people think that we have to be optimistic. You have to always live in the optimistic world. You're basically telling a person... To deny their... To deny... To, yeah, you're, you're, having, you're half human. That's what it is. You're half, you're half human. That's not the kavana. The kavana is, is that as we have to enjoy and master and appreciate and the ikid, the main, the main is the, is the day that every person has a shadow. You have to go into that. And it's a whole new, it's a world, it's an it's a oilam for something good. The shadow means dark. In other words, the external of the shadow is not good. Really the fact that in human history, look how much sin happened. In other words, Adam, God made a world and they sinned right away. There's something there. Of course they did something wrong. But why did they do something wrong and what do we learn from that? So it's not just a general to do tshuva. They, they, Chava made a choice of, 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 of finding a spark in the darkness. And for that, she went into the dark. She went down the rabbit hole. So you're saying we need the darkness. We need the darkness. We need the darkness because there is something lost that the darkness has that, that cannot be found in the light. You'll never find it in the light. Well, and everyone will, like, so, and now I'll use your words, that everyone will tell you, most people will tell you, that what moved them most in their lives, and we all had great moments. We have kids, oh yeah, no, was certain traumas, was certain terrible things. So far, I, have, I, I, I want to meet a person that can honestly tell me that they were moved on the same madrega, like new person, from light, then from dark. I did not see that yet. Or like you're saying, look at the unity that we have from dark. Chava did something that we call sinful. Whatever, we don't know what she did. It's so unclear what she did. In other words, she, she, she brought us into a world of darkness. She brought us into a world of darkness. So it sounds so horrible. It's not horrible. It, 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 it's, it's, it's perfect. To be careful. Well, yeah, however, however, we see that when it comes to that, it's difficult because God said, don't do it. But she did it. And then Adam and Chava told God that there was a libel. You wanted us to do it. You made a big libel against us because we are exact. The world is exactly the way God wanted it to be. And if not, it would not have been this way. In other words, like I was saying, a person, when a person thinks, I always have to be up. That's a very unhealthy person. That's a very unhealthy person. When a person is, approaches, when I'm up, I'm going to, it's easy. I'm going to see the light in the light. When I'm in the dark, I want to find the, dark in, the light in the dark. 
not run away from the dark. And that's underground. You know, we're going, we're going in, 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 in we're tunneling. Like the Rebbe says, the avoid of Birodim finished. The Rebbe, what about, what about, what's, this is, we're fighting with something very dark over here. We're, this is a new darkness. We never fought with such a darkness. It's worse than what the Nazis are, what they are. It's, it's difficult. And you think about, like, we don't know what, we don't even know what's right and what's wrong. We're in the dark. We, you know, how many people got saved? But what, what will happen from all this pausing? We don't know. Look at the world now. The world is in a place where most people in the world are very much uh, minimally two-sided. This side, that side. They don't even notice how much they're obsessed with it. You know how many people died in the Sudan? Yeah, I'm following one war. You have no idea what's going on. I mean, the, the type of atrocities that are happening in the world now I said, there, now, now today there are 35 wars, wars in the world. 35 wars. Wars. Not one, no one is demanding ceasefire for any of them. Do, and they don't even realize that. Like, because we're Kedusha. So in other words, that, that and they're Klippa. And look, they hop from us. We have to learn something from them. There's something we have to learn from, we have to take from them. I know that the first one who built tunnels, as far as I know, was Shleim HaMelech. Bizman by Yisrishayim, when people in the beginning really went there. You think about it even now, like how will it be? Whoever went to Yerushalayim, how unpleasant it is if you sit on the road for four hours. It's not pleasant. How will it work when you're going to have, I don't know, 15 million people going to Yerushalayim? Explain to me how that will work. I don't know. So his solution was, he built a subway for, for a horse and buggy. Not the Elon Musk, the anti-Semite that is inventing, be one of his big inventions to make a tunnel. He's, He's there right now. Okay, I take back. I don't want to make people upset. I take that back. Okay, delete. That the Shlem HaMelech decided that if you want to create more paths to go from here to there, if you want to get there, you can get there in the light, you can get there in the dark. Yeah, there were two months of Israel. One was for going to the temple, and one was for. But I'm saying, but in the whole Eretz Yisrael, he built tunnels to get to Yerushalayim. How great is that? No, we have to do a lot of tunneling. I'm saying just one spark. It's very dangerous, though. Everything is dangerous. The whole life it is dangerous. The dark, because it has a lot of power. Okay, let me say like this: to choose to go into the dark, I agree with you. One should not do. But that we are constantly encountering dark. Especially the dark, like in the first story that I shared, that molesters. Look at them; they're dressed like Hasidic Jews. That's a, that's that's they write just. Books for children. They write books for children. When did the world have that darkness? Only in our generation to have the biggest mumcha, a mumcha, he attack an expert, an expert, who, an, who helped, who did the aretzayach. Teachers, singers whose songs we cannot get rid of. You, 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 in other words, that we're not aware of how dark, so we just ignore it. We're just pacifistic. We're, everything has to be positive. God forbid. That, that's a big mistake. It's a big mistake. We have to learn how to be up and we have to learn how to go under. That's, that's, the, that's what we have to learn from them. It's a whole new derech this. Yeah, I mean, deny, what you're talking about is denying that the dark exists and just sort of saying, okay, let's 
that's what that's that's the story of Shmuel Munkus. So Shmuel Munkus lived in a place until that story, where he said, well, I'm 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 a, I'm a Jew. It's nothing. I'll make a, a nothing." And the Alter Rebbe told him, "Don't do that again. It's not nothing." And 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 he didn't get hurt. The Alter Rebbe got hurt. Right. Yeah. So and but I'm talking all within us. In other words, the. The inner war, a part of the inner wars is that we ignore that they even, that they even exist. But we definitely, we, minim, we minimize them. We made ourselves so big. We're so big. They're nothing. We have a wall and they can't do anything. That means that we have within us certain, certain mishagasin that are very powerful. That probably almost, why are you doing what you're doing? I don't know. Think about that. What's motivating you? One thing is you can say that what you think is motivating you is the least what's motivating you. That's the trick. What is motivating you? Go find that. And in that, there's good. And in that, there's bad. And go, there's a milchama. There's a war. We don't have enough life to, that's why we have to live longer now. These are big things. And now we're dealing with it. For sure, people used to live until they were 60. Why did God give us more time? Because I don't think they were dealing with these things. They were not dealing with these things. They were dealing with very, with more external things. They were just growing wheat. And eating food, and that was your life. Now, no, now the world is coming to a different place. It's a different world. It's a different world. They were not dealing with this type of evil. The world didn't have this type. It existed. It was hidden. Now it's... It existed. It always existed. And also, like I said, the more we, we don't, we're not aligned with God, the weaker we become, the more Klippa gets Koyach. So mystically, when we were fighting, gave them Koyach. Gave right. them power. Look how much power they had. They, they, they're, they're not even that smart. How did they do that to us? Because they got our koyach. They learned from us. They learned, they got it from us. And now? And now, and now, we're, now we're in the middle of a war. So I, I, was, I felt this right away on some chastoyer. That what am I going to do? I'm living in America. What are you doing? And even people that live there, what, what, what? How much choices do they have? Most people don't have any choices. The commoner there is being done what he's being told what to do. You can agree or disagree until you're blue. There's one Mulchama that we have all the power in the world. What's the War. Spiritual. That's what I'm talking about. And this spirit we'd never have in the Chumash, that's a description. Avram Avinu went to fight against four kingdoms who were superpowers. He won them easily. Easily. That's the classic, just do light and be good and everything will be good. On one level, absolutely. Light chases away darkness. Absolutely. It doesn't contradict one with the other. Yaakov, did not, Yaakov had one enemy. Took him the whole night and he got wounded. And he couldn't even win. He just had the ability not to let him go. He wanted to hold on to him. That means he was taking something from him. He flipped it. Instead of that, that being taking from Yaakov, latching onto Yaakov, parasiting, Yaakov took from him. So where is that now? I don't, in my inner world, I have to work on that. I'm, these are big ideas, Yaffa. And you cannot write a book, where is that right now? Because what it is for you and for someone else is day and night. It, it, completely different. Like, almost comically. Because there's something in there's something godly in everything. There's something to learn from everything. And we have to redeem that. And we have to redeem that. We have to suck it out. We have to take that out. From every bad event, from every bad event, people go back. That's what we are doing the whole time. You go back to something. Why do people why do people chew it over? 
Not because they like hurting themselves. If something bad happened to someone, why, they, why, why, why is it coming up? Because there was something in there that you did not yet learn. You didn't do your job yet, so God is bringing it up. And the moment you resolved it, the moment you, you captured the spark of godliness, you'll be, it will rest in peace. Yeah? That's called the little, the little pachim. There's little, there's li- little. They're, they're huge when you face it. They're so little that if you don't face it, you don't even notice them. Well, Say sure. So maybe we didn't learn that we cannot rely on the world, on our strength, our power, our technology, our thing that to, to give us the life that we want, to give us peace. We always thought if we just give them more, if we just appease the countries of the world, if we become stronger in technology, in military, then everything will be okay. But now everybody in Israel realizes that it doesn't matter. How much power you're gonna have? You have to rely on God for peace because these people are never gonna. I would say you have to fight evil. In other words, it's my marshal will be is that what happens when you have a person who is spending almost the entire life in doing good things, speaking religiously. They wake up, they daven with the minion, they have the shiurim, they make a good living, they do it honestly, they provide for the families, they take care of the kids, and then they have one or two little mishagasim that they can't get rid of, which are not godly. But they, they say, God will give me a break, which is all of us. That, that's, no, that is going to kill you at the end. If you don't fight with it, just because you're attack of very good and very holy and very pious and very powerful, and we make peace, we, 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 we give ourselves a break at the wrong time, many times. We don't realize that <laughs> that's the easy way out. The easy way out generally is not the right way out. It's the hard way out. Look at uh, block by block and, da, 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 and back and forth and stopping and going. It's, you can go to your mind. So does this relate to what you were saying on uh, Shia Shabbos morning about um, going up and going down? Like, you ask that question. Yeah. Do people want to go up or do they want to go down? They have to go both. Malachim have to go down, not just go up. Right, but if, you're fighting, if a neshama is fighting because it always wants to go up, you're fighting that to, to, to stay down. You know what I'm saying? You have to do both. You have to go up, you have to go down. But going down means going down. Going down doing being we have kids. Let's go. It's so easy to speak about someone else. So the kid is a great kid. Yeah, the kid is a great kid. And then the kid did something that's really not great. Now, how do you deal with that? So the easier approach will be cut him, cut him or her some slack. They're great kids. And they made a little mistake. And obviously, overly, overly making something little is also a big mistake. But I'm saying the tendency, the tendency, the easier that is that just take light and just knock away the darkness and everything will work its way out. And I'm sure in many things it will be that way. Some people have to hear the opposite speech. Some people have to hear that... Uh, Take it easy, relax, you're obsessive, let, let it be, it's going to work. That I remember there was from the people, that were that yechidis of the wealthy people, so to say, that went to the Rebbe, there, was a, there were parents that had a daughter that had some sort of impediment, I forgot what it was. And it's private, so, but it was filmed. And, and they were telling her about some, something that they deemed for her to be very narcissistic, their daughter. And what should they do? And the Rebbe heard and the Rebbe said, let it be. It's going to work its way out. And they couldn't accept it. So they, read, they wanted to give the Rebbe more information. <laughs> ta, ta, ta. The Rebbe listened the way he listened. And he said, and he said, no, in my opinion, just 
No, some things, taka, you have to let be. I know that. Just, just do the right thing and things will work. But some things not. Now, who is going to tell you? No one. You know, no one. You have to figure this out on your own. Yeah, because we make mistakes. I know that. I know. I know. When we say that the that we don't have leaders, so it can be. It sounds like something very uh, sad. Like it used to be that we had these godly people, which we had, and they and they knew. And it's very happy because now you now now it has to be that way. You know what? Why you? you because it's, you, it's your life. It was always your life, but nice to have direction. The less direction we have, the more meaningful your life becomes. We have to search. Now, it doesn't mean no direction. We always have direction. We have a Torah. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it that way. In other words, yeah, we want to be in the light. Direction means, now I know. Just tell me what to do. No, no one is telling you what to do. So, would you say- so it's frustrating because you're living in the dark. And the vart is, that's the real growth is only going to happen in the dark. Actually, when Yaakov met Esau in the light, that battle was a non-battle. Esau completely gave in to Yaakov. Crazy. No, it's the physical encounter was so easy because the real encounter was, was, was battled, battled. By, by Yaakov. And Yaakov graduated through that battle. That's when we graduate. And everyone will have this in life. They have certain things that happen that are darkness beyond what people can imagine. Uh, and that's, that's when they, that's the price of admission to the next level. No one wants that to happen. I'm saying, look what happened now. But it's so painful. But something will come from this that this was the only way it could have happened. If not, it wouldn't have happened. Huh? That's what I think about. Seeing that in order to get to, to, to have the third base of Megdash, we have to go through this. Obvi- obviously, obvi- obviously, if not, if not they, they wouldn't have been there. But not just this pain of what's going on historically right now, but if I'm interpreting right, what you're saying is that if we all go to that niggling little place, it's so hard for us to. That's it. Because we're good people and all of that, and but, but we ignore that one thing that Mamash, just, that's it. Yeah, that, that, that's what will bring Mashiach, and it's the hardest work. And it's scary because once you go there, you don't know who's going to win. And and sometimes you don't even I'm saying when we have so much highest, I'm saying that Alter Klippa can live off me. I won't even get sick, which is even scarier. You know, as if a person is getting, they get sick, so they know that physically, go to a doctor, the doctor will find the bacteria. We can have bacteria that are getting empowered if the person is super, super person, which is what happens to us on some level. There's real klipa, real darkness, and we won't even know it's there. We can ignore it. We get to ignore it until when we can, but we can ignore it for 40 years. We can ignore it for 50 years. And, and the traitor says, stop ignoring it. Go down there and go, go deal with that. We were ignoring them. We were laughing at them. Yeah. They took our technology. They, mamish, they, and they outsmarted us. And we have to own, they outsmarted, they tricked us. They fooled us. They got, they got the better of us and they killed us from it. And we were in denial about all that under the surface. Right. And look, look how much under the surface. Like, it's like, yeah. wow. So how do they Which we can do with ourselves all the time. Know. 
I don't know, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, but that, I'm saying just the, the concept that there is a big underworld. You know how big Gaza? Gaza is like Malibu. I know. Why is it forever? Be- because of the underground. Because, because the, the, and that's us. That means when you look at yourself in the mirror, you have no idea what you're looking at. What you, what you see is the mamish, the tip of the iceberg. We have our own underground tunnels. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. And that's, that's the Mohammed. The Mohammed is there. Not the Mohammed. In, in, the Mohammed on land, Israel wins in a day. We, we win in a day. That's where we're at. I'm saying we have to just personalize it. We have to ask, where, where, where's my battle? And to, go there, and to go there with awe and trepidation, not so posh. And did you notice that they took hostages, they took light from us, exactly. so we couldn't fight with them completely. Mamish. They're always holding us back. That's right. That's, that's that floor. That's that, mamish. That's all, that's mamish, but that's what we're doing. That's the in, that's, this is externalized for us to see what's happening to us. It means even the negativity that we have, we don't even see it so quick as negativity because in there, there's a Jewish kid. Oh, what's like yeah. This, yes. That's right. So, but he did it. Right. I think he did it without fear. He did it without awe. He did it. He did it without understanding that you have to be cautious. We don't have an option. Okay. Let me say it like this. Oh, very good. They face you, but you have the choice not to face it. And now we're living at a time where if it faces you, face it back. Right, but if it doesn't face you... It faces everyone. I would say that every single of my failings externally, behavior, every one of them, is coming from some demon. It's just my opportunity. Oops. So instead of me being childlike, Ingela, and just looking at the... Outer, no. How can it be? Right, but when you pay attention to something, it grows. So is it no. better to acknowledge that it's there and to dafka move your head away from it? So dafka that not, that's what I'm saying. I think that that's not going to bring Moshiach. We have to go now deal with that. Being recorded, people can argue with me, gesundheit. hate. Like People understand. They also always understood. Al Rebbe says that work in the light and make a light. The light takes away darkness. That's the main avoid. Yeah, I don't. I'm not up during the night. I'm I, I'm up during the day. We know that. We're not changing that. But on the other hand, not to, to make believe night does not exist, mm. and that there isn't some stars, some be- some beauty in the dark to be used for something godly, and not for klipa to use it for it. Exactly. That's called they're latching on. They're taking. They took Jews to have life. Klippa takes from Kedusha. So the Alter Rebbe's Chiddush is that it's not that Yaakov was only defensive. That was brilliant. Yaakov was fighting him also. Yaakov learned from that. If you're trying to take from me, I'm going to try to take from you. Let me learn from you. Can you learn from evil? Not the evil, from the evil. Learn something. You took the mitzvot that he had. And when you take, when you learn from them, there's no need for it anymore. The only reason why God brought this is because there's something there. Yeah, but Yaakov was left with like a woman. Yaakov actually was healed by God. 
And not only Yaakov was left with an upgrade called Yisrael, until today we are given the title Yisrael because of that battle. It depends how you look at it. Did he pay a price? We will all pay a price. Yeah. All right. I got to run. Shkoyach, everybody.